buckle up, gentlemen, buckle up. I want you to dig into the landscape of your mind. Hello, and welcome to episode 144 of the Erased Podcast. This is Tim Wassum, and I'm back with Andy Welfley and Johnny Gamber. We postponed last week's episode due to what we felt was the importance of using this platform to make a statement. Black Lives Matter. That is still definitely and absolutely true. Uh, and tonight, we are back with our regular scheduled pencil goodness. Uh, if you consider getting to chat with tonight's guest to be regular at all, Aaron Draplin joins us tonight from Portland, Oregon. And we are just incredibly excited and ready to just pummel him with all the questions we've been we've been hanging on to for for six years now uh, and beyond before we did this podcast. So uh, for the three of you who may not immediately recognize this name, uh, Mr. Draplin literally invented field notes, notebooks, and he is just one of the coolest people on earth, an incredible designer, an incredible person, uh, a really, really wonderful soul. So Andy and Johnny uh, have both gotten to meet him in person, and hopefully I'll get to do that soon. I missed him when he was in Knoxville recently, but we are just super excited to share that conversation with you. So this is going to be awesome. But first let's chat about our tools of the trade. Uh, and I guess you should cut out that part and I should actually introduce you. Cause I never like brought you guys into this. So that's fine. You want to cut it We're after good. people know who we are. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So should I say that line again? Sure. Okay. This is going to be an awesome episode. This is uh, going to be a memorable one for sure. So, but first let's chat about our tools of the trade and Johnny, it's good to talk to you. Can you start us out and, and tell us what you've been into? Absolutely. Um, I am halfway through a Walt Whitman biography called Walt Whitman's Song of Himself, which it turns out I already owned, but I bought another copy. So, I don't know, it's a really big book. Um, I didn't know... The universe was... really wants you to read that book. Yeah, it's it's like Whitman. It contains multitude. <laughs> but um, he was really into like, temperance and all this stuff. I like never knew about Whitman is in there. It's very interesting. Um but um, I've been spending most of my time like just hanging out with my kids and listening to gangster rap, and as one does, yeah, yeah. trying to get Henry to enjoy some of the things I enjoyed in the early '90s. Charlotte is uh, nonplussed by the language, but Henry enjoys it and he really likes the music, so <laughs> he won't be a boring kid. In Henry is definitely plussed by it. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I am writing with a really cool pencil here. It's a uh, old vintage turquoise drawing pencil an hb and i'm just writing on a piece of paper that's sitting here next to my chromebook nice. how about you andy? how about you andy um i let's see what are we watching we so katie and i moved apartments on friday um we're recording this on the following monday so things are still a little bit in disarray but um we started watching a uh, we really like you know the food the food travel shows that they have on on netflix and hulu and uh, food writer Padma Lakshmi just started one, which is really, really good. It's called Taste, Taste the Nation. And she um, interviews um, various immigrated cultures, um, people who come from uh, Mexico to uh, El Paso and people who come from um, the um, uh, who come from Germany and people who come from India. And it's really, really good. Um, Padma Lakshmi, I've always been a big fan um, so uh, check that out. It's on Hulu. It's called Taste the Nation. Um, really great cinematography. Really great like food, like recipes, and talk to interesting cooks. Uh, what have I been reading lately? It's been um, 
I mean, honestly, what I probably should have done long ago, um, but something that's been provoked by, you know, a lot of the protests and the civil movements happening recently. Um, so I've been trying to just kind of brush up on my um, just kind of anti-racist activism and um, reading a book in the middle, in a middle book right now called How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram Kendi. Um, I think a lot of people are reading this right now. Um, and mm-hmm. I had just finished, um, Robin D'Angelo wrote this book called White Fragility, uh, which talks a lot about, um, you know, how as, as white people, we often react to our own implicit biases and um, the idea of, you know, being called racist or being called out for something that, you know, we have this mental model of like being really good people and we're not, I'm not racist. Uh, and this book just kind of lays out, you know, the definition that we're using might not be, um, you know, the definition of, of what it is. Racism is about something that's, you know, systemic. So, um, both of these books, super good. Um, I, I think this is like the starter pack, right? So I'm mm-hmm. definitely excited to kind of see where this leads. Kendi was just interviewed on, uh, well, a lot of stuff, but I listened to an interview with him on armchair expert with Dak Shepard, mm, um, last yeah. week, which was a, which was a good interview. Nice. I'll check that out. Yeah. I finally got, I've, had ordered some paper copies that have been, you know, back ordered since, you know, for the last three weeks. So finally got my hands on a copy. So I'm excited to dig in. Um, I'm writing with a, um, Blackwing volume three, which we'll talk about later in my, um, so again, I just moved, found an old Ampad gold fiber writing pad, um, in my, um, deep in the depths of my, um, stationary stash. So I've pulled that out and I'm writing in that. Oh, nice. Yeah. Tim, how about you? Nice. Yeah, I uh, I've been listening to Jason Isbell. I've talked about a million times on here, but when uh, he released the new album Reunions, which I talked about recently, and as a you know, th- these artists will always plan like a record release show or something, and they clearly couldn't do that uh, during during the pandemic, and so they did a live stream at the Brooklyn Bowl in Nashville, and it was just Jason and his wife, Amanda Shires on fiddle and singing with him. Uh, and it was really beautifully done, really good show, kind of a warts and all kind of show because there were some parts where they kind of like had some hiccups, but it was really charming and just hearing him talk and hearing him do this in just kind of a weird setting. Uh, but the, the recording, the audio recording of that, uh, performance of the entire reunions album by the duo, the husband and wife duo is available on Bandcamp. Hmm. Um, and I bought it the other day because they were uh, donating all the sales uh, on Juneteenth. They were donating all the sales to charity. And so I, I bought a copy on Bandcamp desk that day. And so I've been listening to that a good bit. Uh, I am reading Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell, which is his oh, yeah. new, newest book. Really great. Uh, it's, it's called an audio book, but it, technically it's like a podcast because he uses the actual audio from the interviews. I might have mentioned it before, but I'm. I'm almost done with it now, so I've been re- reading that. Um, really wonderful book about how we know so very little about strangers, like way more than we even think we do. Even the best of us who think we're really good at reading people, yeah. uh, we're terrible at it. <laughs> and he uses some stories from uh, history as wonderful examples. So it's a, it's an amazing book. And uh, I've been listening to as something totally different and a little silly, uh, just as a distract a short distraction maybe 20 minutes uh here and there hello from the magic tavern which i think i told you guys about over text but um it's a podcast from earwolf that's been around for a long time um 
several years. Uh, I'm not going to go into too much detail about it, but it's just this wonderfully weird little podcast about this guy who uh, the host Arnie gets slips into a, a a portal behind a Burger King in Chicago and ends up in this magical land called Foon. And so he is stuck there, but he's getting just enough of a Wi-Fi signal from the Burger King that he's able to like send these podcasts back because he had a, he had a microphone with him. And so he interviews people from this magic world. So it's kind of like an improv podcast. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, it's hilarious. And these guys just kind of thinking on their toes and and uh, and riffing together is really, really entertaining. Hmm. So and uh, one last little one I want to mention is uh, Bill Frizzell, who I've talked about on here a lot, a jazz musician. Uh, he and a couple other musicians just released a really moving version of We Shall Overcome. Mm. Uh, old Pete Seeger song. Uh, it's, it's a instrumental. It's done. It's done in his sort of normal uh, jazz Americana style that I would highly recommend everybody checking out. It's, I listened to it on, on loop today for, for about an hour. It's, it's wonderful. And I getting in the mood for this episode, I am writing with a field notes pencil in a craft field notes that has been bestickered by my children. So. <laughs> nice. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, uh, let's get into the fresh points, Johnny. Sure. So, um, apropos to our guest, today Field Notes released their summer 2020 edition. Um, I forgot what number it is, 40-something, called Heavy Duty, which is a set of two um, chipboard-covered memo books with a top spiral. And they're, like, freaking awesome. I really like them. Um, what else is interesting about them? There's a pencil that's exclusive to subscribers oh, yeah. that goes in there that, um, you know, it's tiny. It goes into the wire. And um, they used heavier paper this time, didn't they? Like a 70-pound? Yeah, 70-pound. The, the thing I think is really interesting about it is, um, you know, that one of them is lined and one of them is a grid. And the grid oh, one I think is that, like... I'm sorry, I'm directing. I, th- I think they're lined on one side and gridded on the other, like both books. Oh, okay. Um, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah, the um, the grid is really interesting. It's like a double grid, right? Like it has some heavier lines that are, you know, two by two of the of the skinnier lines, which is something I feel like that's the first that they've done of that. Yeah, I like the blue, the blue lines. Yeah. <clears throat> and oh, yeah. Video- yeah. Rolled on the front and double graph grid on the back. Yeah. The, um, the video for this one was easily one of the best so ones I've ever done. It was so awesome. Yeah. So good. I was cracking up a lot. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I could imagine them totally, you know, making this with just black instead of um, orange and blue and putting them out as a normal release. Yeah. Or a normal part of their uh, lineup. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. Before everybody buys like 10 packs, like, I really like this format. And then you know, <laughs> they're not worth anything now. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're they're really, really awesome. I don't know what the reactions will be. Hopefully good. Yeah. Or at least reasonable and fair. Um yeah, what do you what do you guys think about them? I I really like yeah, I really like this kind of style of notebook. Like I any of the flip books that I've had from um uh write notepads is just I just really love. I think I used all of my um erasable podcasts before we had our current logo. We made a few of them. Um I've definitely used all of mine up there. And I, I just I mean they're really, really sturdy, which is great. And I make a lot of lists and I think this is really good for lists. Yeah, I, I'm really intrigued by it. I had, I'm not a subscriber at this point, but it is, it's one that I, I'm not like going to go out of my way to pick one up just because I don't use this format very often. Um, 
I just don't. I just don't. I mean, it's something that if I had it around, I'd find a use for it. But if it becomes a standard edition, I'll probably probably pick one up uh, or pick some up to keep. It's a good thing to have on my desk at school or something like that. So yeah. I don't have them in hand now, and I don't have like necessarily have a plan to order them. But there's nothing against them, the the, the the things themselves. I think it's a, a great concept, and I and I like that it's different. So yeah, so I used to buy those. It's, it's something I can see using in the future. Yeah, I used to buy those. Um the really cheap mead uh, flip notebooks from like Walgreens or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's, it's like you cough and all of a sudden the, the spirals all messed up. <laughs> yeah. So the but Toby I, Ziegler notebooks. Yeah, from, <laughs> exactly. From, from West Wing. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, de- I definitely didn't have as many like amazing thoughts in those notebooks as Toby did. When they put out um, reporter notebooks, <clears throat> sorry, they were um they were so pretty, but they weren't so beefy. Like yeah, I wouldn't want to carry that around in my pocket and trust it. But like this this son yeah. of a bitch looks like you could you know rob a Seven Eleven with it. Yeah, fight a war with it. This is made out of chipboard, which is just super beefy. So I'm I'm yeah. looking to it. It looks kind of like roughly textured too. I can't wait to like touch yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like um, the Steno book, but like smaller. It looks like they shrunk it. Yeah, <laughs> it's cute. <laughs> Um, uh, also, did you guys get the um, Baron Fig Simple Observations book? This I did. Was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, it was really neat. I think they, um, I don't know if they marketed it as such. I know when they sent the email out about um, the pre-release, they sort of positioned it as like perfect for being stuck home, which yeah. it totally is. It's really cool. My kids and I were messing with it. So um, it's just like, you know, it looks like a uh, confidant but it's full of like, if you've ever seen those books that are like, you know, 360 things to draw and you go through and there'll be a blank space, like the Eiffel tower or your shoe. Um, it's like a whole <laughs> mix of stuff like that. Like draw this, write this, do this, but it's not like, I don't know. It doesn't feel gimmicky. Cause it's not like a million fonts and yeah. pictures, just words and a space. Yeah. Yeah. I have not used mine yet because I me- I got it and I opened it and I looked at it and then I immediately put it away and packed it so I could move. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I need to I need to dig it out now that You'll I have a little it. bit of time. Yeah. You'll find it yeah, in 2025. It's yeah. It's somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they even um they kept the design really simple. It's this black with a white bookmark. Yeah. Um and there's some, you know, letters on the front. <clears throat> it's not just plain black, but um yeah, I think I could see how somebody could have really over-designed this and done a terrible job and just seemed like a, a rip-off of Carrie Smith or something. But I yeah. I think these are really, really cool. I don't know what folks are saying on Facebook because I haven't been on Facebook much. But, uh, yeah, those are my two fresh points. Nice. Um, let's see. Um, my biggest fresh point, I guess, is... Um, what's new since we last recorded which is the um, black wings volume three um it is uh it's pretty cool it's the um the ravi shankar pencil um and it's a tribute to um uh ravi shankar which is i i have to admit i don't know much about him i know he's an indian musician um he's contributed a lot to like you know indian culture in the u.s i know he is really good friends with um george harrison from the beatles um he's uh nora jones's father which i yep, <laughs> which i yeah. discovered while googling wow. him i had no idea yeah yeah <laughs> um, yeah so um it's it's a it's a it's a really it's a very yellow pencil it's very i think somebody said it's turmeric yellow 
which is so true. And it has the um, kind of the Sanskrit um, symbol um, kind of on it in a, in a seamless pattern, which is very well executed. It's, it's definitely doesn't have a seam that's at least noticeable like, you know, many of the other kind of like printed pencils that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, it came with a uh, little stick of incense, which I guess was his favorite. And I um, am very sensitive to incense and immediately went it's like literally as soon as i opened the box i started sneezing <laughs> even though it's packaged <laughs> in plastic you're insensitive yeah apparently. <laughs> apparently it was pretty strong yeah i opened mine up like what the hell's in this box yeah <laughs> did it get wet yeah <laughs> it's uh it's an extra firm which i know a lot of people will like um it's it's super yellow um yeah yeah, there's one thing I don't get, and that's that they sell um, yellow replacement erasers, but it's almost the same as the other yellow. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. It's definitely, like, uh, it seems like the erasers, they were just using, like, a stock that came with it, but it, it matches the pencil really well. Um, mm. I I, th- I think it I think it looks cool. It's a, it's a yellow black wing, which, you know, we haven't had yet. Um, I, I also, because I am, um, as, as I've told Tim before, I'm a, I'm a sucker for, like, uh, colored vinyl. Um, yeah. They're selling. They're selling a uh, single with a song by Ravi Shankar called the uh, the Endless Om, and it is um, kind of a, the same color of yellow. Uh, and I, it's hand numbered. Oh, oh, it was. It's recorded by. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what's his face? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Shoot. What's his name? Yeah, the guy. Yeah, I'm I'm blanking on it. Yeah. Uh, Right now, Johnny, I, Johnny, Johnny, um, Johnny Irian or Irian yes. or yes. yeah. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> we're very prepared. We're we prepared. are. Um, yeah, so he, he's the fellow who's uh, has some relation to John Steinbeck, right? Yeah, no. Um, Is that yeah? So he's the guy who's been doing um, some of the Blackwing sessions. Um, yes. He, yeah, he's recorded some folk music. Um, it's uh, yeah, they've. They start shipping. Um, I think they started shipping last week. I haven't gotten mine yet, but um, yeah, it's it's a it's not a subscriber extra. You have to kind of buy buy it separately. But I l- love me some some vinyl that's different colors. So, um, what do you guys think? You have you have you both got the volume three in a hand? Uh, yes. Yeah. Not the record. Yeah. I don't have a record player. Like, I yeah. have too many pencils to have a record player. <laughs> <laughs> so some pencils. Yeah, but I'm like I, I'm I like this pencil. I like the colors, but like the the print on thing is just kind of worn off on me. Yeah, I mean, and I don't want to like crap on somebody's work. Like I don't dislike it, but I think it would have been much better without it. Yeah, yeah. I I don't have them in hand, um, but I fully plan on on ordering them. Um, I. But uh, I think in, this is this is uh, really you know something to dive down a, a nerd rabbit hole as far as like evaluation of it. But one of my favorite things is the packaging. Um, yeah, yeah. I I, I'm a really sucker for that that sort of maroon with that yellow color side by side. It's really really striking. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm looking forward to it. So this is well, the first. No, did they do it? The last edition, did they have that same kind of packaging, or is this new? So, yeah, they had the new box, but lately they, um, I think people had pointed out how it sort of split the brand in half when you opened the box. So now yeah. this, like, the whole thing is a sleeve. Like, this is so much better. I really yeah. like it. Yeah. It's really lovely. Yeah. Their, their packaging has really improved. Um, 
yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of the pencil. I'm a fan of the box. You know, the pencil has that just like new, very simple kind of debranded. Um, it just says Blackwing and a bullet and three on it, and that's it, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, a yeah. fun fact about that. That Johnny, I think I texted this to you guys at some point, um, but he is the great nephew of John Steinbeck, and yeah. his wife is the great granddaughter of Woody Guthrie. Wow. Which Damn. is just like makes my head spin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about that. I'm going to be at that Christmas party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really yeah. cool. So, big fan of the concept. I, I, I love the ones where I just like, I, I didn't know anything about Ravi Shankar, and I looked him up and spent some time researching him and it was it's a good this pencil is a really good sort of like gateway to open my eyes about that for sure like i probably wouldn't have otherwise like really spent much paid much attention to him so appreciated that about it and i think that you know a long time ago i think when this pod it was after this podcast came out we criticized blackwing for kind of the lack of diversity in um and the people they're, they're paying tributes to and they've I mean, they've done such a good job of correcting that. So, you know, mm-hmm. we've had, yeah, we've had um, uh, Jackie Robinson. We've had, um, oh, what's her name from um, the journalist? Um, oh, Nellie Bly. Nellie Bly. We've had this. This is, yeah, this is really fantastic. So, yeah, kudos, I mean, guys. Frank and I were talking about that today. I'm like, well, looking back, they'd only been at it for like five volumes when yeah. that happened. And like, man, we pissed a lot of people off. <laughs> sure did. Um, we, I thought we were constructive about it. I think so. I think they yeah. listened. Yeah, they paid attention. They fixed the packaging pretty yeah. quickly. So, um, yeah, my next fresh point. Um, so we don't have a. I don't have a link for this yet. If I have a link by the time we publish it, I'll put it in show notes. But I was on a friend's new uh, video podcast. It's called Outstanding in a Field, and essentially what it is is he asks people like to to give to give him like four or five topics on which they feel like they are an expert. And, um, and he was going to go find a video game um, that had something to do with that topic and have them kind of like walk him through it. So um, I was like, okay, I don't know what, like UX writing <laughs> is one of them, uh, cats, Star Trek, and I don't know, pencils. And so he went out and he found a video game called uh, the pencil sharpening simulator, and he we basically watched him. I watched him like play it and kind of gave a textual analysis of of this video game and whether or not it's accurate <laughs> and just information. So all all you do in this video game is you just push the space bar and sharpen a pencil, and when you reach the end of the pencil, it just put, gives you a new one, and you your point goes, your points go up by one. That's all it is. <laughs> So, it, oh my gosh. Um, as as soon as it is out, um, I uh, I will um, share a link here because uh, I, see, I, so you can you can choose the color of your pencil and the color of your desk and the yeah. color of the sharpener and <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, pretty funny. So, uh, great, yeah, great, great show. I'll post a link to it as soon as as it's out. And that's about it for my fresh points. How about you, Tim? Uh, I was going to bring up another new field notes that was announced. I think it was, it was yesterday day before uh, they teamed up with third man records, which is Jack White's label in Nashville mm-hmm. or I think Nashville and Detroit or wherever that he runs. And so he, they have partnered up with them and created uh, an exclusive 
field notes three pack that is really striking again it's a primary it colors so good. Um, yeah a lot of, a lot of primary colors and black background big kind of uh, rudimentary shapes, sort of you know, like, and, and one edition is like just a bunch of circles and half circles. There's one that has a globe. There's one that has sort of dotted uh, design, like a dotted line design on it. They're really good looking, and I already ordered some. I haven't got, I haven't gotten them in hand yet, but uh, that's a that's a pairing that I'm just really really into. And it's it's got uh, looks like black staples yeah. um, on the side and the insides. I'm actually it's blanking. I think. Someone had said that it looks like it's a three pack, like a uh, that the way the, the belly band looked, it looked like it was going to be a mix pack of the three. Is that the case? Um, oh, I think somebody yeah. posted a picture of him, and there's like uh, tablature lines in there for guitar. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 Yeah. So it's um, yeah, I'm really excited about these. Uh, they've got oh, here it is. Yeah, uh, line paper. Uh, line paper Morse code with graph paper and TMR logo covers with dotted grid paper. So, Oh, the Morse codes on the cover of the yellow one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This, this, the, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think those look really great. And so I'm going to, I'm going to order some of those. It doesn't look like it's a limited edition. So it looks like they'll be around for a while. So everybody who's a big Jack white fan, you can breathe. I don't, they're not going to be gone by the time you listen to this. If you, if you hadn't stumbled across them at some point, I think they'll be around for a little while. Does it seem like Wilco maybe started a trend, like getting some musicians in on the, the <laughs> custom field notes? That's a, that's a trend I am all for. Yeah, I actually <laughs> walk, went, went into a barber shop here in Johnson City, and they had a, a little display of field notes there that was a nice uh, nice surprise, and they had some of the Wilco ones, and I almost bought another box, but I, <laughs> I had to I had to hold myself back. Yeah, are those coming back out? The Wilco ones? Yeah, I'm unclear on if they were limited or... I I wasn't I was I'm I didn't realize that they they disappeared. Um, I'm they sold I'm out frantic. for a while. Okay, <laughs> okay. Because um, I ordered mine right away, and it was always it was a big question. Like where they, it seemed like it was it was hard to tell whether they were gonna yeah. be a limited edition or not. Um, they're available on the Field Notes website right now. So there yeah, they are. Cool. Yeah, they have they have the six pack for twenty seven ninety five right now. Awesome. Um, yeah, there's that from uh, Third Man Records, which is really cool. And I also wanted to bring up, um, which by now I know a lot of the listeners will have seen this, but uh, the pencil put out by Blackwing um, in honor of the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, so, yeah, did you guys all get? You guys all have these in hand? I actually um, missed it because they sold out real quickly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll 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 definitely send you some. Mm. Um they're they're really cool. Have... They they did a huge fundraiser. They sold several a couple hundred dozen at least. Um and was, what what uh, did they stamp on it? Forty six. Wow. Yeah. And there are some um folks in the group where um they were sending people a pencil in exchange for them making a donation and somebody's tracking like the total number. It's so good. Field notes, which our, is awesome. our group that's is sick. is really great. Yeah, yeah that's that's amazing. Yeah. So the I didn't describe the pencil yet. If you haven't if you haven't seen it, but it is a it's a black uh, I think it's a pearl core pencil, but a it's a, it's all black with a black uh, I don't know what do you call it imprint on the side that says "We cannot walk alone," which comes from the Martin Luther King Jr. quote: "We cannot walk alone, and as we walk, we must take the pledge that we shall always march ahead. We cannot turn back." 
Um, so it was a really, really great gesture by Blackwing, uh, which I think was was very well received um, by the by the community, uh, except for the few uh, bottom dwellers who are selling them for a crazy high price on eBay. Oh yeah, uh, those those people can just. I'm not going to go any further than that, but uh, <laughs> there's there's always slime in every situation, right? Somebody always takes that stance. So uh, if you see those on eBay, uh, stay away. Um, yeah. And and that's, that's very very uncool. But I think it, yeah. it's a it's a great pencil. I've been I've been using it a lot uh, last couple of weeks, and it's a really it it serves for me. It ser- it, as all this is going on in the world around us, it's served as a really great constant reminder to kind of recalibrate and think because I'm always writing all the time and always have a pencil in my pocket. And so when that's the one that I pull out, it's a, it's a welcome reminder to just kind of like check my, my thought process, check how I'm, check how I'm thinking. Yeah. I, um, I have a box of them and I haven't sharpened them yet because, um, Frankie runs a school in Baltimore and, you know, Baltimore is a hard place to live sometimes. So I want to find something cool to do with them besides just like, sharpen them and use them around the house hmm. but i don't know what yeah. and then i start sounding self-righteous so if anyone has <laughs> any ideas and you want to drop me a message that'll be good yeah. besides just you know raffling them off or something yeah i'm gonna do that yeah nice. sure sorry you totally derailed that <laughs> no <laughs> not at look, all look not at about you like, johnny just I, yeah. my my silence was me just kind of circling through some yeah. thoughts trying to, trying to think so yeah, like I'll keep like a couple of them, but like, like I yeah. don't want to just like leave these in the closet. Yeah, we're just yeah. all we're just all deep in thought, mentally preparing ourselves for what happens next. Yeah, yeah. So should we just close up this episode now, or do you, should we do something else? Do you think we should? I don't know. Should we? Should Who's we talk one to one dude? Who's that dude? Yeah. What's his name? Draplin. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. We should. <laughs> we should have him on. We should talk to him. <laughs> Yes. All right. Let's do it. Let's get into our main topic. Our guest really needs no introduction. Aaron Draplin is a man who wears many hats and he designed them all himself. He's an accomplished graphic designer working with brands like Patagonia, Cole Headwear, and with people like Jason Isbell, Bernie Sanders, and the 44th president of the United States, Barack Obama. But perhaps best known in our circles, he's a voracious, a voracious collector of bullet pencils and the creator of Field Notes Pocket Notebooks. Aaron, so good to talk to you. Thank you for having me, fellas. Thank you. It's, we're so excited. Yeah, yeah, this is a this is a dream. We're we're, yeah. we're glad to have a, have a chance to to chat with you about this stuff and pick pick your brain about all things uh, bullet pencils and notebooks and all that good stuff. Let, floors all you know, just open book. Hot mic. Uh, We got a hot mic. Hot mic. This thing thing I was explaining before the thing went live, there were two ants walking a block away, and I I could count their steps with the game. (laughs) So uh, just all the nature, there's a leaf. I just heard a leaf uh, rustle by about two blocks away. Shout out to Blue Microphone for making (laughs) making that microphone. (laughs) All right. Well, just to start things out, um, I mean, we, we seriously doubt there are many listeners out there who don't already know who you are, but can you just give us... Uh, you know, talk for a minute. Give us the breakdown of your background in in art and design. Yeah, uh, Aaron James Draplin, forty six years old, graphic designer. I live here in Portland, Oregon. I am from um, Michigan. Uh, that's where I was where, where I grew up. I was born in Detroit. Uh, right out of high school, did a little associate's degree. So seventeen years old out of high school, 
little associate's degree that just wet the whistle for like design just enough. I was into drawing all of, you know, high school, uh, in high school, we went to a Votech and, um, what it meant for us was it, it got us out of the high school and you had to drive to this Votech, right? So we would go skate on our lunch hours, um, and then go to the Votech and work. Now my buddies, they were in the design program and I was in the computer aided drafting, um, uh, sort of zone. And the reason I picked this, cause I liked mechanical pencils. I liked all the tools. I liked mm. the lead. I liked that sort of tactile quality of like, it wasn't even about, you know, I was in, I guess I was a bit of a little artist, but I liked the pragmatic quality that it offered. It offered a job, right? I, I had a, an uncle who was an engineer. So to go into computer aided drafting, we were using computers across the hall. They were, the, the, my buddies were in the, in the you know, graphic design thing. So that was my first introduction into just being creative and, but also with like an understanding that I wanted to make a living, you know, what, yeah. what little I knew about gra- graphic design or even just art was art was, it was harder to do, you know, to be a fine artist and to be able to pull it off. So 17, I get out of high school, I go right into, you know, this little two year associate's degree, uh, Northwestern Michigan community college. That's awesome. I get out at 19. I know how to use a computer. Now I can build a logo. I can you know make a layout rudimentary of course but then i take off out west with my buddies and i do five winters out west being a snowboarder and skateboarder and scumbag and going up to portland seeing bands and everything was analog i didn't have a computer a couple friends did i would sneak into a community college to use them but in 1996 after three four winters out west i went up to alaska worked all summer long bought a computer that was when things exploded for me so um, I guess a couple more winners out west uh, went to school in Minneapolis, thinking as a good Midwesterner that you had to go back to school. You know, no one really, no one's really going to tell you that that you are good enough or whatever. I didn't know. I just didn't know. And being you know the sort of perpetual, always you know the forever underdog, um, uh, and 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 sort of celebrating that also. I had felt I had to go back. You know, I would have been one of the first draplins to get any school done. So I go back to mm. Minneapolis. I get my degree. It's an amazing time back there. I get to see design up front, all the contemporary bullshit with all the sprinkles and dinkles of like all the cool post, post, post modern shit, but also <laughs> people reacting against that stuff, right? Um, people going to work for Target, just doing good, solid design. That interested me so much more. So, um, I got out of MCAD in 2000. I go down to Los Angeles to work uh, south of Los Angeles in Orange County to work at a snowboarding magazine 2000, up to 2002. I did that for two years. Did, you know, I don't know, 25 issues of the magazine. I go back to Portland in 2002, worked for a design place called Cinco for two years, and then have been on my own since 2004. I went on my nice. own in 2004 and haven't looked back. So we're, this will be my 16th summer on my own. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Your your entrepreneurship is old enough to drive. It it, <laughs> it, it, it goes back even a little farther than that. Yeah, but it's it's you know just uh, sort of like um, independence is a weird word, but what it really would allowed me to do was take on more work. Or how about this? Free myself from the constraints of like someone else saying, "This is what we're going to pay you. This is what you're worth. This is what the market rate is." And that all went to hell because it was like, if I wanted to work until five in the morning, 
or get up at five in the morning and start a project. I could. So in the first year on my own, I tripled my wage. Yeah. And that's what was really powerful. Because one year before that, I was playing the game, doing what I was supposed to do, climbing the ladder, working extra, being a good citizen, you know, and um, it was awesome. I was making good money. But a buddy pulled me aside and just kind of said, you have the, the work ethic and you have the wherewithal and you don't need to be in here. You could go do this on your own from your backyard, whatever you want to call it. it was, at the time, it was my basement. So it was a little scary. I had a couple things lined up, and I'm just proud to report, you know, that first year. Um, you know, I know the numbers are weird, and you're not supposed to talk about these things, but I, I, I love to talk about it. I was making 65000 bucks a year as a senior designer, and that was a lot of money. That's a lot of money today, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a lot to me. Up to that point, the most I'd ever made was about 35 or 40 grand a year or something, whatever it was at the magazine or something. And to make 65, it meant I, I started to pay down all my credit cards. Right. So then I go on my own and I did, I said yes to everything. And the first year on my own, I broke 200,000 bucks. So that meant wow. not only could I start paying off like my house loan and school loans and things and stuff, it's, you know, because there was a surplus coming in, it also meant a lot more taxes, but, it just meant I could get ahead faster, right? So yeah, no one ever – no, I mean, I just love to share that. Those numbers might be different today and, and who knows, but, uh, you know, it, I'm so thankful one guy pulled me aside and said, there is a different universe to tap into. So mm-hmm. um, you really should go do it. So, so there's a lot of research that um, mentions that we can retain our knowledge better when we're writing things down on paper with a pencil or a pen. And I'm wondering what you think about um, analog tools as a means to generate ideas. Yeah, well, the, you know, the first thing is that's just where I feel um, the most free. You know, um, my field notes don't lose their charge, you know. And those are bumper stickers and they're meant to sound kind of cute. But I can trust that anytime I grab my pencil on that piece of paper that that thing's ready to go you know there's been times on a plane where my phone's you know acting up or or i couldn't get it out of my head fast enough it was faster just to grab a scrap of paper or you know definitely in my field notes right so there is just something i come from a, a dad and a mom and you know um my dad was a master doodler when he was on the phone or something and you know when he would get done he'd have this whole landscape of stuff built so it was, you know, it was like this accepted thing to be, to get weird on paper, we'll just say, right? So all the way back, I always had sketch pads laying around and I would, I could draw, you know, um, you know maybe not the best, but what does that even mean? It, it was never about you're good or you're bad. It was just, you can do it. So do it. And uh, it was just, you know, if you tell a kid you can't do it, that's what they're going to remember. There was none of that. My dad wasn't a master woodworker. He just went and did it. My mom wasn't, well, she was a hell of a basket weaver, but she was, you know, I remember, you know, the the smell of the reeds soaking, you know, for her baskets that she made these beautiful baskets she would weave, you know, in, in the, in the early eighties. So that's what they did for fun and for hobby. And, um, of course raised us, but, um, that we, it wasn't really like a no family. You can't, we just didn't know any better. Just went sort of did it. So with paper, 
there's just something about, you know, just, I don't, I'm not trying to be cute, but grocery lists just feel better on a piece of paper, you know? Yeah. And we're yeah. not going to lose that anytime soon. And I, I do like to think on whatever sort of, what would even anthropological level, if you go back to, you know, cave people with a stick and digging around in the dirt, you know, planning a hunt or, or, you know, taking the sticks and putting them in the fire and then using that, you know, that little bit of charcoal on the end of that thing to paint on the wall, that there's just something about how to get an idea into whatever medium it is. That's just a, a, a quicker connection. And I know the pressures. And now we are 10, 15 years into the iPhone, you know, awesomeness and the sea change that happened. How many times in our lives are we going to experience that? My mom got to see television come out, right? And, and um, you know, Johnny Gamber got to see, got to see uh, the speaking spell, you know, be introduced <laughs> to, the, to the masses, um, change them forever. Uh, but we got to all experience everything in the world, you know, a click away, and then everything in the world within your pocket, right? So yeah. that was awesome. And I, I use it ferociously. But it also scared me because – you know, for every well-meaning person that comes after me and then says, okay, Draplin, it's great and all, field notes, blah, blah, blah. We're going to make you an app that you can sit and draw on your phone, and we'll call it field notes for the app. And it's like, you guys, get a pencil. <laughs> get a pencil and paper. Not even field notes, anything. And see what happens. Because if I, you know, without trying to sound academic or too NPR-ish, what is it, at least for me, that I can get something done quicker there, get to something exciting there. I don't know what that there's a, the, the pipeline is a little more open, you know, there's, yeah. there's no intimidation. You know, it's like, if I go crack into a brand new Adobe illustrator, it is going to steer me. It's going to steer me What tools I have open, what constraints I have set up. And there's just something about starting. So like just, you know, examples, like I have a friend who's, there's really no money involved. He's starting a podcast and he reached out and said, can you help me with a logo? And I was like, of course not. Well, how much is it going to cost? And then it's just, I'll just do it. And he doesn't need a lot, but he's got the initials RW. So for me to just climb into illustrator, like I did while we're still on the phone and I just start typing out the name of his podcast and the things and the stuff, and I'm getting this thing going. I just stop myself and remind myself to just go in pencil, paper, and get going. And I'm telling you, within like 10 minutes, I had things to go after. And that's just freestyle. It's one 3.5 by 5.5 page. And that's just the magic of this stuff. That's really interesting to me that, you know, it's not just on that bit of paper. You know, I, I, I also use my big bratwurst finger to swipe <laughs> inside notes and draw in there too. It's about speed. Yeah. You know, it's about, it's about being loose. And it's about, well, here, just if you don't, you go, okay, buckle up, gentlemen, buckle up. <laughs> I want you to dig into the landscape of your minds, and I want you to imagine me buck naked. I'm talking <laughs> nothing, not just, just, just buck, <laughs> buck ass naked. And I'm, I'm in a hot shower, 
in an overpriced hotel on one of my speaking gigs somewhere. Now, now, now one of five, I bring Lee along, you know, for security and, 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 and she helps me cry before the show and, you know, all the sort of rituals I go through, you know, stealing things out of the room, using every oh, yeah. single towel on the whole floor, all that, all the rituals. She helps me <laughs> with all that shit. And, you know, any number of times I'm in that shower with that modern pane of glass and there's something about it. it's all steamed up and we're racing to get the hell out of the, you know, the room. And I'm drawing on that pane of glass with my, my finger. And there's something awesome about that. Like I've just screamed to her, hey, hey, hey uh, bring my phone in here real quick and just get a photo of this thing. Because <laughs> even with my fingertip in the, in the fog glass, I've come up with things that I wouldn't have come up with with a tiny little you know, pencil or whatever I'm using in my pocket right? The limitation of the finger being like, we'll just say an inch brush, right? You know, my pencil, whatever brush setting for a pencil is what? A couple pixels or something? You know, you can see how I think here. It's like using your fingertip, there was a limitation there. Like you couldn't get round, you know, right corners. You have to kind of be fluid. And I hit something. We recorded it. And then, you know, I get out and, you know, towel off and, and, you know, eating coffee grounds and ripping down, you know, uh, curtains and drying off with them and just, you <laughs> know, trash that room. just amazing. I mean, just if, if, if you, if you're planning a trip, look at my itinerary and do not, do not go to those towns because you just don't know what was happening. If walls could talk <laughs> in all of those rooms, people, you just don't want People wanna, would pay good money for that photo you don't wanna, uh, of you, you don't in don't the shower. You what was happening in that room, but um, <laughs> then to go... Take that photo and bring it into Illustrator and and go and build something out of it. That's the magic of paper for me or anything for that matter. You know, even when I'm in my workshops and, you know, uh, getting a whiteboard and a big beefy, you know, marker and, and that freedom there to hit something. There's something loose, primal, um... Uh, unprofessional or something. I don't know what the words. It's just, it's just like uh, it's just kind of random sometimes. There's, there's accidents. Yeah, we'll say. So yeah, you know, I, uh, I, I've learned to savor that. And it, the faster that we're going, and we're all doing it, I've just learned how to take that, slow it down, remind myself to go back to that thing before I go too far into the micro nerdery of Illustrator. You know. Mm. I, um, whenever, whenever I see you in person, um, which has happened a few times now, I think I first met you in, um, 2013, yeah, maybe yeah. when you came to Fort Wayne, Indiana, then a couple times since then at the Facebook design lecture series and the Adobe max, um, uh, conference, which is really amazing. Um, I always love it when you just show me a little glimpse into your field notes that you have in your pocket. Cause that's such a good, um, kind of a good just view into it, like how you synthesize and how you think about those things. So, um, yeah, so I think that's, it's really, really interesting to see. Um, and, and speaking of field notes, um, by the way, we just, um, got our heavy duty, uh, notebooks in last week and I put a grocery list in one of those things and you're right. Super satisfying. Cool. Yeah. Um, so, so we're all, we're all three, three big field notes fans. Um, and I'm sure that you have recounted many, many times uh, the story of how they came into existence. But would you be would you be willing to do so for us? Of Just course. Kind of Let me see if I can condense this down into the most hot 
Three words or less. Focused, potent, 47 minutes you've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's, I've, I've told it so many times. It's like, you know, I tend to do a little bit of lying and cheating and stealing here and there. And in this, <laughs> this fish tale, you know, it, it just takes off. But I think, you know, to go back and think about the reason why these things came out of me or why I wanted to make my own, you have to go back to when, like, I always had a little sketchbook in my pocket and it was frustrating to me that when I would travel or when I would make something, they were always a different size, you know? So to store them, things are stacked in weird ways and then they're not necessarily lined up. And that's like what I remember. It's like when I went back to Minneapolis, I would keep myself within, we'll just say back back pocket range, like, I want to be able to put it in my back pocket or my inner pocket. And if it's a hard cover, it's like this couple pounds of shit, like up, you know, up against your, inside your jacket or something. And we met this young lady in Minneapolis who was from Japan, um, Mickey Araki. And, and Mickey was going back home to see her parents or something, you know, for Christmas. And she showed us, you know, in, in this sort of fledgling internet, all the Muji stuff. And of course, it flipped me out because it wasn't about having logos. It wasn't, it was just about pure function. So I think I gave her like 80 bucks or a hundred bucks. And she brought me back, you know, in 1999, this stack of stuff, you know, and I used that for years and years and years. These really simple utilitarian little, just, you know, I guess just a little memo book. So I used this for a bunch of years. I, I ran out of those things a couple of years later, you know, I'm making my own books. I'm making my own things. A couple of years later, I, I went to Milan and in Milan, <clears throat> I guess that would have been 2003, um, on a day off, I was there working on union, the union binding company, Snowbird Bindings. On the day off, we went down to Milan to go shopping and ran around the city and got to go to these cool, you know, not only did we get to go to like whatever their Miracle Mile is, where like I remember we went in there and we went to Prada and there was a $6,000 sweater sitting there, you know. <laughs> and me look at the guy going, you don't got a 3X tall? No, you know, <laughs> can't find the 3X tall, huh? No, 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 no big and tall section here, huh, fellas? You know, and the guy, get out of here. Whatever the hell he said, get out of here. You know, with something to that effect, there's guards, you have to be buzzed in. We got to see that shit that afternoon. But we also went to just like whatever their version of Dick Blick is, right? Yeah. And how beautiful every pencil and pen and pad was. And I, that's the first time I saw Moleskine. So. I'm never going back to Milan, you know, much less leaving the country, much less whatever. And I bought like a bunch of stuff, a couple hundred bucks worth, brought it back to the States, used it, used it, used it, would read the little thing in the back about how Van Gogh used these things and, 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 and Hemingway and or whatever the hell they said. And it really touched me because I was thinking, wow, of course this thing works. This is what this is. They had a version of this in 1888 or whatever it was, you know, and of course it would, would work for Van Gogh or 50 years later for Hemingway. And then you come to find out there was a link somewhere where that was kind of just marketing bullshit. That wasn't the truth, you know? Yeah. And I know it sounds like oh come on. You couldn't have been that affected, but you know what I love about the bands I love or the brands or, you know, whatever they live and die by their decisions, right? And you really yeah. felt like this is a real story. And by me buying a couple hundred bucks, these things get to last a little bit longer. No, it was marketing bullshit. And it just hurt me 
And then when, when you step back from that, you know, I was trained how to go find indie record labels and support those things and believe in those things, right? So I knew how to go find those things. So for me to go try to find, well, what's the next level? I can't get Muji in the States. I'm not going to use these Moleskines. I'm not really feeling what they have at Target. And I would always look. Um, I just went and made my own. And that would have been somewhere around 2003, four. I made a couple hundred on my own with a Goku machine, hand scored them, built them, called them field notes. Because really what that was, was, you know, if you go to, what's the one I always like to make fun of, Plywood World or something, right? You know, <laughs> you, you go to this place that's like, or just something that's real, like a, a hardware store. Or like even like, you know, what do you call it? Like a nursery or something. I've been to these places where you go to Ikea, they give you a half a pencil and paper, piece of paper, right? To write down the numbers. You go to some nursery or a hardware store or or feed and seed, and they're going to throw you something to, to write the numbers down, to take notes and a pencil. And then that transaction right there, it's a couple bucks out of their pocket. Who cares? But it's perfectly functional. It goes way, way, way back. And I want it to feel as authentic and undesigned as those moments I had experienced as a kid growing up in the rural Midwest, right? Yeah. So to call it field notes, it just felt like the simplest thing. That's what these are. But tapping into, like, there were actually people, scientists and stuff, out in the field doing the work. Like, could you maybe make something that they wouldn't tap into whatever, you know, hipster sensibility that this thing has taken on at some points, but just tap into that is just something that works for what I need it to work for. That's where it started. So, you know, the one typeface, the really simple materials. First of all, it's not like we invented anything. These things had been going for years. And I had tons of beautiful examples from feed and seeds and haberdasheries and, you know, just stuff and businesses and things all across the Midwest, out to the West. And I used a couple of those, but sometimes there would be like the first couple pages would have some chicken scratch in it, you know, and you just felt like, I don't want to be mingling with these ghosts, you know, someone yeah. else already started this thing. Other times you just kind of felt like this isn't my world, you know, feed and seed and corn. So I would, I would collect those things voraciously and, and rat home away and just tried to learn from them. So the writing that you would see, you know, in those first couple, that was purely just me reacting to like, when there would be an extra page in some of these little farm tracks and stuff, they would put jokes and shit. You know, so you can imagine mm. these guys in their lunch hour doing the work and then reading this bullshit. You know, it's almost like a farmer's almanac or something, right? And like, who even knows what that is, you know? And I remember those as a kid. So it became this vessel to express, you know, to make fun of my buddies or um, – and or to celebrate someone actually using a, a handful of them. So I make my first 2000 for 2000 bucks. And then I gave a stack of them to Jim Kudal and Jim was, a, I was a fan and he turns out he knew about my shit too. He was in Chicago and I had been reading their daily signals for a couple of years, you know, and sharing different things. So they knew about me a little bit and I knew a lot about them. And I gave a stack to Jim and we just shook hands and he just said, you're on to something here, kid. You know, <laughs> Jen's got about 14 years on me, right? So he had been through it and knew all about it and knew how to do all that stuff and saw something. We shook hands. We became a business. Before I knew it, we had a website, things and stuff. And the rest, you know, I don't, you know, we are, was it number 47 that just came out? 
and countless yeah. others, you know. Um, but um, yeah, that's field notes. I mean, <clears throat> within a couple of years, we had like people working for it, you know, yeah. selling things, planning things. And my relationship changed. I would do everything. But then we got Brian Bedell and Brian could go toe to toe with me, you know, design wise. Yeah. And it was like, cool. I, I'm, I'm out in Portland. They're back in Chicago. So, um, yeah, that's the whole story. Yeah, that wasn't so bad in, what, seven and a half minutes? Not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. <laughs> you know, my record on a podcast is like 12 minutes long for one answer. That is just gross. But you know, reel, reel me in, fellas. I find yeah. it impressive. No. Yeah. I think it's a good thing. <laughs> um, do you you'd mentioned, like, I mean, uh, Field Notes is in Chicago. You're in Portland. Um so you're you're headquartered in Portland now, which, by the way, uh, I think you know my sister. Uh, my sister is the is a design professor at George Fox. Her name is Ashley Lippard. Oh, her. Yeah, uh, I think you, I, I, I think I, I do remember meeting her one time. We went out there. I think and, yeah, yeah. I think you did a did an event there or something. Yeah. So she was she was super excited that we were talking to you. Uh, but so you're you're out in Portland, and the other folks at Field Notes are in Chicago. So what is the like theme generation for a quarterly release look like between you and the the rest of the field notes team wherever they are? Well, I would say every time I go back there it's pretty casual. First of all, it's like what do, what do you what are you into? What do you, what are you thinking, you know? And mm -hmm. there've been many where I had nothing to do with it, you know, like I would sort of show up like this last one was really fun heavy duty because I didn't really have a lot of involvement. You know, I could, I don't, I don't even know whose idea it was. It was just sort of like, you know, I have selfish little things and that's when you see the Miko rogue out here um, and do the debtors or the dead prints or something out here. But um, you know, it's all really very diplomatic and very democratic. Like how these guys come up with an idea. It's like, well, just the funnest, coolest, you know, most attainable, like, you know, it's, it's never really a, there's a little bit of planning as far as timing and budget and stuff, but more often, I mean, all the time, it's like, that would just be really cool. Yeah. Can we even do that. Let's do it. And that is what I love about what Jim and Michelle and, and all of them, all of them have been able to sort of facilitate because I'm just shitty enough to where I would have killed it, you know, not knowing what I was doing. I would, that would have happened. But with a little bit of, you know, there's, these are like adults, these people, you know, <laughs> a little bit of adult guidance. They've been able to build it into, you know, it's solvent. It's really simple how we do it. Um, but yeah, I bring ideas, you know, a couple times a year. Um, I try to threaten things and other times, you know, it's just kind of like, Hey, this is what we're doing. Hope you dig it. And it's, I'm all, there's never been anything that I've just like, you know, it's always like, you know, make them as colorful as possible. But see, there's always people thinking about throwing curveballs and then what's within the budget, what's just a little out of budget. What did we do well on? What's what are we having a hard time moving and then making decisions against that? So it's all a big combination. But I mean, the funnest, the, you know, the funnest part for me is, you know, with me being in Portland, sometimes I'm just I'm just so busy out here doing all my other you know bullshit that like I get I get to taste a little bit of that surprise you know so um you know by the you know i guess it would be you know the middle of september when i finally get my shipment of heavy duty out here you know if anyone's listening from field notes send the goddamn shipment but uh, <laughs> uh take, note, take note jim you know <laughs> see what you can't do uh uh i, I you know they're always the, the moment they come out it's always going so fast 
you know, yeah. I don't want to bug them and shit, but um, I'll get my stash and I get to, I get to feel that quality of like, you know, like, wow, the first time they're in your hands. And that's my favorite part about field notes is that someone who taps into our subscription and those things show up and you don't know what they're going to be and they're fun and they work. And, you know, I, I read some bullshit comments where someone didn't like these or someone did like these, you know, here's what I like about this. I like that there's a new model injected into the line, you know, yeah. cause it's not always going to be mine. Get a little floppy, you know, they get a little floppy. So to use this thing, you know, in, in a way where you can lean into it. I don't quite need the steno. That's too much real estate for me. But now, you know, I have any number of times someone's pulled me aside and said, I need a steno at this size. And I was like, just chill out. But I took those notes and now it came to life. Now, listen, if you're not feeling it, go use the, you know, what, what, national parks or anything for that matter. You know, it's paper. And we need to be you know, moving quick and allowing for all sorts of different people to use these things, you know? So yeah. I love them. I love them because now I get to say, if you are new to our brand and you want a hard back or a soft back or a little or a big, we're getting like seven, eight different things going, you know? Yeah. That's yep. what I like. So, so is, um, is, Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, is this one of those uh, designs that's maybe so, desired that it might be something that would be around in a, in a different form. That's not a quarterly release. Well, the answer is sure. I mean, you know, like if it goes well and we blast through those things and by the way, they are selling, uh, if it goes well, well then we would go back and, you know, you've seen things come out and we try a little something, people flip out and then they say, oh, God, those are gone. I want a larger one. And then you see one injected into the line, you know, like, you know, the black one. The reporter's notebooks. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, so sometimes it's a bit of a test. Sometimes it just gets, just gets weird. You know, the end notes were just weird. But I'm just glad that because that was another weird version that we made. You know, when you look back at my collection of these things, they weren't 5 by 5 by 3.5. Some were like so big you couldn't get them in your pocket. Some were like big ledgers. Some were like two inches by you know an inch and a half like tiny little address books and stuff so you know what's fun about our brand is if you just want you know a set of three for just you know like the way my uncle uses them to sketch dimensions for hanging drywall for his sons that is perfect you can go in there and grab they're they're nondescript now if you want to get into the juicy stuff like this morning i put an order in my mom wanted a couple more sets of the xoxo because she thinks they're just beautiful and they are you know just likes them because there's lots of color so my little selfish requests are always like keep the stuff that someone could just roll in and just need to just meet that need okay there's our craft okay but what about if you are young old female man what, what do we have you know what if you're a little kid what do you pick if you're a little kid you know and yeah. and and you know, the fun part is I don't really have to bring that up much. They're always thinking about that. So, yeah, if this thing goes crazy, I would push to say we need that at all times, you know? Yeah. And they're probably already thinking about that. See, that's, you know, yeah. when there's adults running the damn thing, I don't have to worry about that shit, <laughs> you know? They're, they're thinking <laughs> but, on lots of different levels, you know? But on the, the – so on the other hand, um, a lot of the um, – field notes that come straight from you are just really interesting. Like, you know, like the debtor prints and the, what is it called? The E E E K. Yeah. Um, the eek. 
yeah the eeks and then the, <laughs> the one that you did like christmas 2014 with the big copper and like some of those are just some of my favorite editions because you just like get a little wacky with the color okay you guys and, have to buckle up here because this one's off the record but now we're back on the record but then we're not because you know what fuck it we're just off the record here we're no wait we're totally on the record and i'm just going to come out and say it keep recording <laughs> wealthy turn up the volume turn up the gain turn on put it on the little right setting because here's what i want to say yeah Sometimes I just do them. Sometimes yeah. I just do them. And, you know, they're going so fast and they're going <laughs> and they're so smart with their decision making back in Chicago. If I try to call them and cry on the phone and say, Jim, here's my shitty idea. <laughs> here's what I'm going to do. You know, you can just hear him like shaking his head because he just knows what an animal I am. And if I think about it too much, I'll screw it up in a different way, you know? So, yeah. you know, I always tell Jim, well, you, you brought me into the fray. You gave me a, you know, you gave me this, you know, you gave me life. Thank you. You know, um, but I'm yeah. going to throw some curveballs and I'm going to get weird because we need those things because certain record companies, when I was a kid, you know, they would have side deals and all of a sudden a band, you know, does a song and they do a weird little seven inch and then the rest of the company didn't even see it coming. And then everyone in the company wants one of those. And then when <laughs> we get to know about it and it gets thrown in with your order, that's just magical. Right. So, you know, to bring that to this thing, it's like, you know, there's, there's many times I want to do something and the scale is just so much bigger for our subscription and our quarterlies. Right. Yeah. That it's kind of like, I don't want to put those guys through that. I just simply want a black cover with orange paper in the inside, you know, from when my yeah. book came out, the Eek, you know, the everything else uh, enhancement kit is what that Eek was. So when you bought the book, pretty much everything, you got the everything else enhancement kit. We sold so many of those, a couple thousand sets of these, you know, those fuckers. It was awesome. But, I, you know, knowing that like I would, I didn't want to burden them with like the excess First of all, we're, we're to a point now, you know, when the book came out in 2016, I had 5,000 sets laying around. They were yeah. gone in 10 days. And that was insane to me. It's like, you know, the next time I did it, I want to say I did 7,500 sets of something. I don't know what it was. Like, it just gets to a point when I do them on my own here that I can't even fit them in my old shop or now in my new shop, right? Because yeah. – Yes, we'll move them. So you keep it at this attainable number to be like, we're just going to get rid of them, but I'm always going to keep a stash put away. Because it's not just about, you know, sure, you got to get paid back for all the, all the, you know, the stuff is expensive to make. You got to get paid back for that. So you're not, you know, because it just comes out of my pocket when I make those things. But you also want to make sure that everyone can get one, play with them, you know, enjoy them, and then have a little stash to sprinkle on people later on. So that's fun to me to do that out here. Yeah. And, you know, that comes with little warnings where Jim will just be like, hey, you kind of got to let me know what you're going to do <laughs> because <laughs> you're creating a frenzy, you animal. You know, um, you drive so, it, do you put the nuts in field nuts? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those, those <laughs> field nuts, they'll stab you right in the face. They'll stab with a, with a <laughs> pencil sharpened oh, by, you know, sharpened by some diamond encrusted artisanally built i don't know they'll stab you right in the face i can smell them a mile away i can see them just <laughs> sweating and screaming from a mile away um 
Yeah, you know, I, I, of course, I <laughs> I tap into it a little bit, but I, I I love to see the fervor and I love to see the interest and just and and not I don't I could give two shits about the speculation and like sort of like well I don't like it and you do like it. What I like is when someone writes me and says I'm new to this, and I really like what you guys are doing. I like the writing, I like the spirit. I found this group. People are trading. I you know, th- that happens a lot more than some knucklehead. And by the way, it does happen. I get these dipshits calling me and being like, I don't like this. And there <laughs> and there's like these certain names that I've, I've gotten to you know gotten to know. And all I can say is without naming any names is they're just horrible people. You know, <laughs> I don't care if it's field notes or whatever. They're you know yeah. I mean it's. They're just people you wouldn't want to associate with. And it's like, God, you took the time to kind of like come after me. Yeah. Go away. <laughs> you know, for every yeah. one of those, you know, there's 10 James Spears, you know, for yeah. every one of those, there's, you know, there's people that are really into it and are great. You know, there's a Pauline Potts, you know, yeah. who's trading with people and, you know, may uh, the universe rest her soul. You know, um, um, there's people that are just enjoying these things. Um, there's people making money, sure, you know. Uh, there's people that are just, you know, there's a there's a Larry Grimaldi who is just burning through those things two and three and five and six a day, you know. Yeah, which oh, is yeah. awesome. I've met Larry every time I go back there, and it's to the point now where it's like, you know, I see him, we hug it out. How's your family? How's my family? You know, like how cool is that? You know, so you know the the weird stuff that comes out of any, you know, listen, it's no different on the Melvins. You know, there's a band called the Melvins, right? Yeah. And when you go look at some of their forums or whatever the hell, it's the same shit. You know, it's, yeah. There's always someone, you know, causing trouble. There's always someone who's pulling some shit. There's always someone who is brand new to the band. And that's the shit I tune into. Like, I just like seeing people discover us. You know, that's really fun to me. So, yeah. um, Yeah. 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 Such a rabbit hole. Here, I'll, um, say, I'll think, say this much. I, is the mic yeah. still hot, Johnny? Is the mic still hot? Because listen, <laughs> the Dead or Prince are long gone. I may oh, or they? may They're long gone, but I may or may not have a stash here. And you'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. <laughs> you come to our merch table and you'd be surprised. Shit it's just nice shows show up. up. Shit just shows up. And you and keep the mic running. Keep the thing. Is it we're, hot mic? Hot mic. Hot I mic. already have new shit designed. And I'm not going to say anything else. Okay, next question. Sorry. <laughs> so um, I think the first thing that Field Notes came out with besides the regular notebook was the really cool pencil that you guys have. Yeah. So um, can you talk about like the design and origin of this pencil? And um, if you can disclose it, like who makes it? Because it's like super intentionally designed and really, really careful. Uh. I'd have to kill you, Johnny. It's all right. It's worth I don't, it. I don't, Tim I don't and I can do this to, by ourselves. Know, take a life. To, we'd still have two hosts left. That's, yeah, no, it'd be fine. Okay, okay. okay listen, listen, you. I, I would love to, to you know, unpack this for you. I know you guys are a pencil podcast, and I, if you guys think I give two shits about the latest Blackwing, you're crazy. But I mean, like, they, don't, they don't fit in a pocket. Who cares? Okay. But I liked, you know about pencils when I was a kid was they were like giveaways and they were like little freebies and stuff. And if you found something that felt good in your hand, a round one or a hex pencil or something, and it had, you know, it was like a school fundraiser or from a company my dad would go to, I would use that stuff. You know, every year when we went, you know, school shopping for your supplies, I didn't really need to get 
new pens and pencils. I had, I had my stuff set aside, you know? So going all the way back, I knew what worked well for me to draw. It was the basic good, soft number two ish kind of thing. And there were certain brands and I loved anything that was made in America. You know, they always felt better and they had just a different veneer. And, 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 you know, when I started to make my own stuff, um, it was really important to me to make pencils and pens using the simplest of chassis in in a fun way. You know, it's a pencil. These aren't going to be 10 bucks a piece. They're like a buck or a buck 50 or, you know, like what's even a buck 50 anymore, you know, or a buck 99 or something. You get them for a quarter, you put some fun graphics and that's how you keep your business running. Right. So, you know, I was lucky to make my first bunch of pencils and they came back and felt really good in the hands. Cause you know, when you get into the promo game, sometimes you make this stuff and you're just like, they just don't feel good. I've been lied to and they show up and it's got a big China stamped on the side. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's just kind of like, Oh man, you told me they were made in the States. I like the idea that a pencil as simple as it is, someone is still making these things. Not for me, for people who need pencils, you know, somewhere in Tennessee, which is where I make mine, you know, to this day, um, my hex pencils and stuff. So I was lucky to stumble onto a couple sources. Sometimes they didn't go well, I would just give them out, you know, and, and get rid of them. Um, and then, you know, I don't know, mid 2000s, Field Notes has taken off. And, you know, when you use one little piece from a promo source, and I can't even remember, I mean, really, to answer your question, Johnny, who makes those? I'd have to ask Michelle. She would know where to go and, you know, what, what to do. But what I remember is, so in the mid-2000s, <laughs> there's like this sort of movement to kind of get back to where you can buy like a recycled pencil or a recycled mm. pen case. And they're really talking about how, you know, they, they boil this stuff down and they can make – and they were a little more money. Somewhere in there, there was this cedar wood pencil and it was touted as – you know, the ferrule, like, what are all these terms? You know, um, I had to learn what went into a pencil. The wood was sustainably managed. The the lead came from this thing. It was like, they just broke it down. Like the average dipshit, they could care less about that. Is the thing sharp and does it work? Right. But for me, I learned about pencils. I learned about what it takes to make a pencil. And then I learned that, wow, you can make something that was actually responsible you know, the way you manufacture this thing. So the first one I made, I just wanted to celebrate all this, you know, lacquer-free, renewable, cow cedar wood. I'm reading the one I have laying around here in my desk. Like this one I have here, it's got, the end is cut off because I'm, I'm sure the, the eraser had dried out. So that means it goes back a lot of years, you know, and it's probably yeah. about three and a half, four inches long. It's getting into the graphics. I've, I've whittled it down so many times, sharpened it so many times. So it means it's been a long, around a long time. That's what I liked about picking that thing up the first time I picked it. When, they, when those that samples came back, it felt good right away. And then you could print a big graphic on it. You know, like the pencils I make now, my hex pencils. They're fucking amazing because they they do a hot press into them and you can feel the, you know, the divot and the davit and the little impression. And they're mm. just like some kick-ass vintage pencil. And no, they were made in Tennessee last week, right? So I just love that pro that, that process still exists. And I want to, you know, it's going to go away. 
you know, and then you're just, what are you going to have? Like a digital printed pencil or, you know, who even needs pencils? Who even needs writing instruments? We can just think our shit to each other, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, you know, you know, just a little, little nod to you guys. I love that you guys still really, you know, go into this stuff and celebrate it and play with it and, you know, nerd out, I guess was like the shit, you know, whatever. That's a, that's a, <laughs> that's a cool term to me. It's like, you yeah. guys go deep in, cause it, it's a, it's a story really of like, production in America and creativity and functionalism and just how these things work in your hands. So, you know, it's yeah. like, like the original field notes pencil. Then I remember, you know, uh, Michelle saying, Aaron, you know, the couple thousand you sent us, they're gone. You know, here's, here's the thing. When, when Michelle went and had to dig these things up, it was just like, please make 20,000 of them. You know, I only made a couple thousand and we did. And people dug them. And, um, you know, they still work. That's just what I like about it. Like the first time I felt it, I knew that's all I need. You know, that's a rare occurrence, I guess is what I'm saying. I like to celebrate those sorts of things. It's like, you know, a pair of Chuck Taylors or a pair of 501s or like, you know, like a white t-shirt or a black sweatshirt or just things that just work, you know, like a bandana. You don't need to have like a bandana come out. That's, you know, you know what I mean? Like, that's like a hexagon, like a square one just kind of works. <laughs> so there's something yeah. special about these things that, you know, like that's kind of what I hope a field notes would feel like is like, it just works, you know? Yeah. Well, speaking of just works, I mean, one of our favorite topics is talking about bullet pencils. And, uh, in 2011, you talked with Johnny on pencil revolution about, bullet pencils a lot and that was one of the first times it really came up in our little world so uh, what is it about bullet pencils that you admire or you enjoy like what drew you to them and and what's your like relationship with the bullet pencil well um i remember when i was like a little kid seeing them you know in the pockets of old timers first of all i remember people using them you know in northern michigan where i lived um mm. i remember old timers with big piles of shit on their chest you know what i mean like a there's a memo book in there there's uh, a little case for their glasses. There's chewing tobacco. There's a couple different pens and pencils. There's like a, you know, a couple little rulers, you know, even like, what do you call those pocket protectors? I kind of remember those. These are like good old oh, yeah. boys that had everything they needed on their chest. You know what I mean? So, you know, seeing them as a kid, you know, and then seeing them go away. And then you would come across them, you know, and like, we'll just say the early 2000s late nineties, I would see them in like junk stores and stuff. And they'd be like 22 bucks because yes, it's a John Deere collectible or something. And it just would be like, fuck man, this is, I'm not paying 40 bucks so I can like fund someone who's going to die any day now at this, you know, this uh, <laughs> ball, fund their, you know, hospice or whatever the hell. So I started looking on eBay and I would get, you know, old, you know, odd lots of, uh, you know, odd lots of uh, memo books off of that. And then, of course, these bullet pencils. So I've got five or six hundred of the damn things. Because when I was looking, sometimes it'd be a penny a piece and sometimes it'd be like 50 bucks. It just depends on who thinks that these things are sort of worth something. And what I just loved so much about the whole spectrum is they were just completely shameless. Not only did they work well, and they would work on the plane when I travel. I still carry them. I mean, of course, I carry my little, you can hear me open up my little drawer here. Because, of course, I'm always going to have my little space pen field notes. But, man, I've lost so many of those things. They're so smooth and, you know, uh, just small. And, you know, the black one with that little hit of gold. I've lost many of those things. But I always have one of those in my pockets. And I always have a pencil. 
you know, like a, a bullet pencil in my pocket. So yeah. there was just something about like, all right, I'm gonna get a ton of these things. Like if you come here, you can grab a handful. You know, I don't, you know, I've cherry picked the ones I like the most out of there, you know, the ones I use the most, but there was just something like, you know, like, I guess, I don't even know what the word is, sort of disposable that I love. Like, and I have these sales sample, these, these sales sample sets, salesman, uh, I'm going to start over. I have these salesman sample sets, right? And what it showed you is like, okay, this is the, this is the entire spectrum of like promotional pencils, everything from like little bowling pins that were a pen or some little bat that was a pencil or something, 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 all, you know, the wacky stuff, little hammers and shit down to like, like big thick pencils down to the bullet pencils, a couple different kinds, you know, the, the one pen where, you know, you can see the lady, you know, the naked lady kind of thing um, or a train going by. So these salesman sample sets, you got to see the entire spectrum that they offered in 1962 and down oh, yeah. in the corner were these tiny compactable things. You could just do a little pad print on the side. And that's like my favorite thing. It's like just something that just says, I'm looking at one right now, Farmers Merchants Bank, Hager Insurance, Wimbledon, North Dakota. You know, who gives two shits about Wimbledon, North Dakota? But see, every time I touch this thing, I think about that little town. And what, 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 what you know, it, it works. Or the idea that people used to say, come and get your tires rotated at so-and-so, you know, garage just the quality that someone would give you this thing, you'd use it. And every time that you would remind me, like that's working. I just love that sort of like really simple quality to these things. And, and the color, you know, I mean, I, you know, I've, I know we've spoken, you know, at different times about this, you guys like different ones and different things. And, you know, yeah, I just like the idea that like, you can still go on eBay and get, you know, a big stack of them. I look all the time. Yeah. I had a, I had a student give me one uh, a couple of years ago that they found at a flea market here in East Tennessee. And it's, it's my, my favorite ones aside from my, like I've got some baseball themed ones that are just special to me, but this one just, I carry it all the time and it is from a funeral parlor oh, uh, yeah. in Indianapolis. And it says on the side of it, and like a script, it says the only air conditioned funeral home in Indianapolis. And it just makes me smile every time I pull it out of my pocket. <laughs> well, no, see, this is the shitty part. Like, you love that one. But the scary part about these things is what if you lost that one, right? Yeah, man. And you'd be bummed, yeah. whatever. But I've lost. Like, that's what I love about them. They weren't this $85 artisanal overwrought kind of thing. I just can go grab another one and it'll work. Or even yeah. this. Just cut a pencil in half and put it in your pocket, you know? Then it's always working. You can't have a full pencil. You'll stab yourself or... You know, it's not going to work inside just the geometry of, you know, our legs. But that little half pencil will, or that little bullet pencil, or that little field notes, you know, a little space pen or whatever. So there's something about, like, those tools and having them around. I mean, there's been many, many times on the plane where I've got, you know, like, oh, can I have anything in my bag? And I have to go into my merch, grab a couple pencils, and there's no way to even sharpen it on the plane. So, you know, I'm on that plane wiggling around like an asshole because I'm using, you know, some little sharp piece of the, you know, the machinery, the the seat frame to try to sharpen the bitch, And I can get it right down to whatever. So I can just at least get my ideas down in my field notes, right? Or, you know, you know, suck it up and just ask the lady, can I get a, can I get a pen, you know, or, or dig around and find something. They're, you know, the, these are tools, you know, for what I, the way I use them, it, you know, there's just something like, why did that go away? 
you know, who like mm-hmm. the, the, I mean, I know we talked about in the podcast or whatever, you know, what, 10 years ago in a whole nother lifetime uh, that like, you know, like umpires use them. Well, umpires yeah. still use them. That's cool. Why? Because they can compact and put in their pocket, you know, right next to their little ass pocket of, uh, you know, whatever liquor that they're swilling that afternoon, you know, <laughs> trying to make those calls. You know, I, I, this is all just function, you know? So there's just something about that, like, quality of, like, you know, wh- where did that go? I know there's a bunch of new versions out there. I've seen the one that's, like, at the kicker land or something. And it's, like, an actual – because it was, like, you know, when you look into the lore of this, and I haven't gone that far because there's not a lot of writing about it, but, you know, these, like, vets, you know, these, these like, well, soldiers in World War II, they take a bullet casing, cut the pencil off, and that's where the thing went, you know? You take the pencil out, you flip it around, and you have this longer thing in a bullet casing, and that's where the bullet pencil thing comes from. Well, you know, to me, it's more just the compact pencil. That's what I like, you know? And there's no reason to make a pencil that folds in half, you know what I mean, or something? Like, yeah. so... You know, those, they're out there. They still work. Now, granted, when you go buy a bunch off, you know, online, they're from 1940 or 1950 or 1970 or whatever, that, that, that eraser is going to be, you know, a piece of rock hard, just something, you know, it's yeah. long gone and dead. So there are a certain, there was a certain type that came with a plastic top and they were for, they were for, um, um ballpoint pens. That's my favorite one. Is that mm. what I do? Oh, I'm using one of those right now. Yeah. So what you do is you just put your little half, you know, whatever little pencil piece that you like in there, and then that thing stays that way. You know, they crack after a while. I've lost lost them any number of times and then realize, shit, that thing's still on that plane. But there's just an ebb and flow. It's like, well, so what? There was a couple bucks. Or, yeah, that one had, you know, like I would just hate to think. That's why what I, my, my recommendation, Tim, is like don't use that one anymore. Just don't put it, yeah. put it away, <laughs> put it away so you can play with it because mm-hmm. there are a couple that are so special to me that I just, I, it's got I, a story behind yeah, it. You yeah. Just, you just, you know, what's cool about these things is there's just a risk. You're going to lose it. So just, you know, play with that. You know, don't take your favorite pencil you're using. Like there's, I have this one little rainbow cup here, you know, you hear it, hear that sounds pretty good with all that high gain, huh? Well, <laughs> oh, yeah. in that little in that little guy, you know, I'm just gonna grab some of the pencils. I got a here's a Dixon Ticonderoga. Here's a couple of DDC ones. Here's something that just says Midwest is best. Now, I don't know who gave me this <laughs> thing, but it's got that kind of like maybe like a number two, number three kind of thing going on. Like it's just a nice flowing pencil, right? Like I can't fuck around with these four H's and stuff. You know, that's not. You know, I'm not. I'm not interested in you know six H or any of that kind of shit. I like to draw. Just write with a fork. Yeah, you know. That's, yeah. <laughs> so you know, in this little thing I have here, that's the stuff that I would never grab from to take on the road. You know, I like having that little fifty or sixty things to go play. There's a couple highlighters in there. There's a couple sign markers. A bunch of sharpies. All these upside down. You know, little uh, 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 metallic sharpies. You have to keep them upside down. So those are just like within, a, you know, six inches away from me. But I know better than to, to tap into that stuff. When I go on the road, it's always like DDC pencils and, you know, I always have a couple laying around that need to be sharpened. And then ones that just start getting whittled down after a while. I've got these ones that are probably like, you know, four, three, three and a half, four or five inches because I've just used them for years. You know, um, the racer's gone, the, you know, the stuff I, I cut it off, it got dried out or whatever, but it's a pencil and it still works. That's, that's just yeah. that is why I wanted to talk to you guys because like who even uses pencils anymore? 
you know? Oh, I know. <laughs> we have no idea. I know, I know that, like, you know, there's enthusiasts and shit. Mm-hmm. You know, there's motherfuckers in these. What do you call them? What do they call it? The, uh, the, 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 the nib. What do they call it? The fountain pen mafia. Son oh, of a yeah. stab you right in the eye with a <laughs> with a pH factor, you know, whatever lammy right in the old right in the eyeball. You know, I, those things are cool and all, but I just don't give a shit. You know, it's like I just you know, just even just a simple big click pen, that's enough for me. Oh yeah. <laughs> Johnny. Cool. So um Johnny, are you alive? Okay, there you go. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was looking at the um <clears throat> the whole list. He he was looking at his uh his fountain pens. <laughs> no, I'm, Johnny, I'm not I'm not looking at the man. vintage Parker twenty one that came today. All right, I know, I know. <laughs> no, I like the some of the old ones are like just as good as a pencil or you just have to fill them up. Yeah. But um so um we like to ask people about their favorite pencils. Um which of course we want to ask you, but we have to also ask you what are your maybe three or five favorite field notes um, editions or like perennial products. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, as I'm, as I'm grabbing my Lammy, I, I bought this Lammy in Berlin when I went in, uh, I guess it would have been around Christmas time and the sun bitch is dry as ever. Like remember, uh, uh, remember, <laughs> so you yeah. guys are, you guys are, you know, asking me what my favorites are. Well, this goes all the way back to high school. Like when I went to Chicago for the first time when I was about 14 or 15 years old, the gift I was allowed to get was 50 bucks and I got a, uh, a rapidograph pen set, right? From like 0.005 up to like two or something, which was probably you know, two point line. And they were amazing because at that time I was making cheat sheets for friends and I could write small and I had, you know, Homer's, you know, Odyssey, all 26 books, you know, it boiled down to a sentence for each book or whatever it was or whatever that was, <laughs> Iliad or something. On, onto the size of a stamp, you know, for a buddy that I sold, and I would laminate it so I could put it in his mouth, and, and you know, this is a, a cottage industry in northern Michigan. Well, you know, those pencils were amazing, and they were so vo- those pens were so amazing. They were so volatile because that little tiny filament inside that little, you know, that little cartridge or whatever, like they would dry out, and you'd have to kind of like go and like you know like let them soak and stuff, and you know, you could just only use them for just so long. And that taught me this weird lesson of like. Those things are cool if you're like an adult and and maintaining them, right? So like even just sitting here, I grabbed a Lamy that I bought in Berlin back in 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 uh, um, in like December, and it's just dry. And who knows? It's going to take me a while to get this sandwich there. It's dry. Who knows? So I I have to go clean it and all. Like just what a pain in the ass. So when I answer this, it's like you know, first of all, for field notes, it's like well, the stuff that we have are accessible. You know, if I if I was to say one of my favorite, you know, three top three pencils, I know you guys could tell me the so and so by so and so by so and so. But really, what I would tell you is just what's on my desk and what's sharp, and what the yeah. what eraser still works. You know what I mean? And and that's that's just the best I could say it because it, it's just about like you know it just working. Now, you know, every time I've ever gone over to Berlin and you grab a big you know Stetler you know pile of something over there, like you know when you go to their Target. It's just that much cooler than our level of a target here, you know? Like, you know, I yeah. remember one time I bought this and I'm, I'm looking at it. It's this beautiful, you know, $65 um, rote ring, you know, 0.7. I've never used it once because I just don't want to lose it. I don't want to break it. And it's just so awesome. But, you know, it's, it's just kind of like I didn't yeah. really even need that thing. So 
I hide it. You know, it's like an heirloom or something and it's never going to get used. So, you know, I'm really careful when I go on the road and load up too much with this shit. Cause when I come home, it's just going to sit. What I'm going to use are just shitty pencils that work. Right. So yeah. same with the field notes. It's like, first of all, I don't really use, I, I won't, I probably, I, I'll use that heavy duty, but it'll be something like in the garage or something. Because yeah. I I stick to the five you know five point five three point five you know the, just the, the our classic size because I like the you know the way that they I, it takes me about ten to twelve days to get through through one and then I'm on to the next one so when people ask me my favorites really the best answer is like whatever the last one was you know now if it is yeah. a different format or a different size like I don't think I ever use the end notes they just weren't for me but I love when people who were writing a certain kind of way used them a certain kind of new way that surprised me. That's where I saw the brilliance. You know, it's like, all right, cool, cool. This thing is, you know, the dime novels. I, 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 I miss those because, you know, even though we have them in the general population that size, I didn't really use those because it, it, it just, I didn't want to crack one open. If I, if I used two pages, I would have to use the other 64 pages or whatever, you know, and then it wouldn't fit with my other guys. So, cause I put them away into the boxes and then, I go back into them once a year and just take a look at how things kind of played out over the course of the year. So, you know, the things that come to mind are Raven's Wing and, you know, the um, Snowblind and phew, there's just so many, you know. Um, yeah, but, really lovely ones. But, you know, the, I, I also I, I go through phases where it's like I want the most color. When I'm on the road, I want the most colorful shit we make. So those like, um, what were they called? Exposures or something where it came with like a pack of five. Oh yeah, the um, unexposed, unexposed, unexposed. Oh, and I then loved they, them because they were bright. Capital ones. They were bright, and they had a weird texture, and they were just bright. And it was like you couldn't lose them in a hotel room, you know. And you know the Ravens wings. It felt so sinister and cool, and kind of slimy, and kind of smart, and kind of spy novel. And I just remember that being like, "Wow, man, what just simple embossing." We made a classic. We made a classic yeah. here, you know? And it was it was actually, if I remember correctly, they were more affordable to make because you're not printing on the damn things. You're just pressing, you know, whatever it was. And it's funny when you learn those little tiny things. So when I go back through them, I mean, first of all, there's just so many. But um, in the last couple of years, you know, to kind of answer your question, I keep going back to those Wilcos because there's lots of color and that was just such a fun project. Obviously, I love the dead prints and the deader prints because they're just bright and weird and chalky on the cover. But I have gone back and used like, you know, stuff that's good for stickers, you know. So, um, you know, I think it was like that. Uh, what was the one where like what was the one that I can't remember the damn names that turned blue? Was that Snowblind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yep. That one was awesome. They that still was work really cool all these years, five years later. What do they still work? And I, I went and dug one out of the archives and cracked open a three pack, and I've used all three of those over the course of the last couple of years because. They just felt good in the hands. Like I love anything soft touch, always feels good. But you know, just as a spirit sort of thing, I'm you. I'm always using the latest bullshit, always. And today, I'm proud to report, as all my shit, you know, on the high gain here, I am using a. Uh, looks like it's the Morse code um, third man yellow book. The Morse code oh, third yeah. man. Yeah, oh, those are yeah. gorgeous. They're awesome. You know, ten years ago we had. We were really close to making a set for those guys 10 years ago. And it just 
they just didn't work, you know? They had to wait till Wilco did it first. Well, right. And then, <laughs> you know, that they just did these and they're out there and they're floating around and they're awesome. I just, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of Third Man number one. I've met Jack, you know, um, a couple times and been able to say thanks. And I just, I appreciate his level of detail, you know, and I love how he curates the bands and everything. I, you know, even just the songs, I'm about 50% of what he does, I, you know, as I actually own and like, you know. But I like a hundred percent of his thinking. You know what I mean? Like he's always got good causes yeah. and good stuff and good craft and you know, and also shitty little tchotchkes too, you know? Like some of the stuff is awesome and some of it's just junk. And I just like that too. You know, that's kind of like what the DDC's about, you know. Um yeah. but uh yeah, so you know, to go back, there have been a couple that were just almost too nice. Like every year when those XXOs come out, it's always like, fuck, I'm like afraid to use them. Because they're just so beautiful and rare and and special, and I just really like, you know, what Andy Bayo does, you know, and he's such a sweet yeah. guy, great family man. I just like him. Those Andys are great. You know, I'm connected to these things just just by who is behind them too. You know, yeah. so um, yeah, it's it's a hard one to answer because now we're so far in. I'm still mourning. I'm still mourning that we don't have any. Uh, you know, America the Beautiful's left. That's definitely one of my top three because they just that look one was shitty. awesome. They just look shitty. They look <laughs> they looked the part and they acted the part and they just worked and they were tough. And we, you know, Brian told this great story how he made them fuck the registration up so they were a little off. Because you know, yeah. if you go and you grab a hundred, ten, you grab ten of my finest, you know, feed and seed corn books from back in the day. Three, two or three of those 10 are going to have shitty registration, you know, because they're just making them so fast and they couldn't even get the printing right. And who cares? It just was for Royster Seeds or something, you know? And it's like when Brian went to get that feel right, I mean, that just made me love Brian forever because he understood the charm, you know, is like a big part of this. It's like, what does that thing feel like in your hands? Sure, yeah. it's Utah or whatever the hell it was. Um, or, you know, some, you know, golden amber waves of grain, but like, you know, he just really nailed it, you know? So, you know, and I think I did, I did a little flag on that one. So I think, you know, if I had to go back and pick my favorite, it's America the Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That was the, that was the one that got me into, yeah, the, the, the quarterlies, the, the one I started subscribing on for sure. Oh yeah. Well, thank you. And, and hey, I remember when it came out, people hated it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And that was one of the, the. One of the I'm not one to like dig back in and try to like track down old editions. I, I I just use it kind of what comes out as it comes out. But that is one that I had to like hunt down because they just they struck me as well. I had to I had to track track a pack of those down in the in the early days of getting into this stuff. And I still have a couple. I still have uh, two of those left, and I'm saving them. I just I, I love them. So we we really appreciate your time. This has just been a awesome conversation. We love talking to you, and hope we get to do it again sometime. Like, but just to 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 wrap up, yeah. I mean, is there? We, there's no question that you're a wise man, and is there is there any parting words you have for us, uh, or anything you have going on that you want to plug? Something that you wanted to bring up that uh, we haven't oh, haven't hit on yet? Well, I mean, we well, thank you guys for having me and for doing what okay. you guys do and for loving pencils and celebrating them and getting weird with these things and just being such good <laughs> sports. You know, I, what, what little I know about it, you know, I, I'll, I'll tune in every now and again and just kind of get lost, and it's like. I just appreciate what you guys do. Uh, what, what am I working on? Shit. Um, well, you know, we saw a lot of DC merch. I'm, I don't need to go and 
beat that that horse to death, but I will. You know, draplin.com backslash merch, <laughs> posters, pins, patches, stickers, decals, fun shit, hats, goodies. But yeah, you know, to everyone who's ever bought one, thank you so much. We continue to go crazy with the DDC merch. Um, thank you for buying Field Notes, FieldNotesBrand.com, of course, all the time. Um, how many years are we into this thing? 13, 14 years. I just am so thankful that I have a life with it and that we offer – you know, a, a field note, you know, three pack for nine ninety nine or you know eleven ninety five, and it's not forty bucks. I'm just really proud of that, and it comes with lots of fun detail. Everyone who's subscribed, if you haven't subscribed, go subscribe. You're going to pay more in parking, you know, in the next couple months than you will for your subscription with field notes. Um, please check out all my skill shares. You know, uh, what else? There's all sorts of other shit, but I mean, I just would like to say, you know, what a weird time we're in. And, um, you know, yeah. if I could, if I could just be so brash and just sort of try to, to appeal to the listeners here in a very divided America in a very divided time and just say, Hey, be good to yourselves, be good to the people across the street, um, be empathetic, be human, be soft, um, you know, learn, read and, 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 be willing to allow new things in, you know, um, yeah. in the last couple of weeks, you know, I don't know when you guys will post this stuff, but you know, with the passing of Mr. Floyd, it's been, um, you know, if you're not feeling something, shame on you. That's just what I would yeah. say. And if you are feeling something, well then go and help people and learn and share and let's change some shit for, for people who've been messed with for too long, you know, and you know, yeah. you know, Wear your mask. I mean, it's, it's so so funny to me that you have to even plead for that. But like, I got I got off the phone with my uncle this morning, who was like, "People are going to be dying around here in Michigan, and the, you know these people. It's a political issue now." And he's like, "You know, fuck it, let them go. You know, because it's like if if you want to be dumb, then be dumb. Why, why do we celebrate that? You know, like that that is some virtue or something. It's not. You know, wear the thing. So collectively, we are. You know, just." working together to beat this shit back. That's what I implore of everybody. So, you know, here in Portland, yeah. we've been good sports and we're doing our best to do that. And, um, and I would ask the same of everyone listening. So there, there's my pitch for humanity and my pitch for, you know, goofy little posters and merch and things and stuff. Um, and uh, thank you for having me, you guys always. Thank yeah. you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank, thank you, you. All right. Thank you so much for listening to episode 144 of the Erasable Podcast. This has been a memorable one for us, and hopefully you've uh, enjoyed it. Um, let's let's close out by telling people where they can find you on the internet. Johnny, can you start us out? Sure. I'm at PencilRevolution.com and on social media at Pensolution. Andy, I'm at AWellfully at AOL, AOL.com. Did I almost say that? Wow. Yeah. Wow. I thought I was AWellfully at Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> Not on AOL anymore. <laughs> and then <laughs> Andy.WTF is my website. How about you, Tim? <laughs> yeah, my name is Tim Wassum. You can find me on Twitter at Tim Wassum, and I'm on Instagram at Timothy Wassum. The show notes for today's episode can be found at erasable.us slash 144. We want to thank our Patreon subscribers for the support they've given us in this project. Uh, we give out extra content on Patreon if you're a, if you're a supporter. So please consider that if this uh, podcast is worth a, a dollar or two a month to, to 
keep us afloat and keep keep us uh, giving us more opportunities to to bring you new things in the pencil world. Um, I'd like to thank our Patreon producers, people who uh, support us at the producer level: Alex, Jonathan Brown, Ann Sipe, Bob Oswald, Bobby Letzinger, Chris Jones, Chris Metzkus, Chris Ulrich, Dave McDonald, Dave Tubman, Fourth Letter, Franklin Furlong, Gangster Hotline, Hans Noodleman, Hunter McCain, Jacqueline Myers. James Dominguez, Jason Dill, Jay Newton, Joe Crace, John Bainan, Johnny Baker, Kathleen Rogers, Kelton Weens, Larry Grimaldi, Leslie Touzet, Mary Collis, Measure Twice, Michael Dialosa, Michael Hagen, Millie Blackwell, Random Thinks, Sarah Hunter, Stuart Lennon, Tana Feliz, and Terry Beth Ledbetter. Again, you can find the show notes for this episode at erasable.us slash 144. We are on Instagram and Twitter at Erasable Podcast. Please, if you haven't already, join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash Erasable and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Erasable Podcast. If you have a second, give us a rating and a review on iTunes or recommend us on Overcast or however you can promote us on whatever podcatcher you use. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Turn it off.